Tiki is not a thatched hut bar at the beach. It's not cheap wicker citronella torches lining your neighbor's backyard barbecue. And it's certainly not hipsters and floral button-downs drinking a pineapple-infused craft beer. No. Tiki is scary. The Tiki Bar is deep jungle samba, cool trade winds caressing fan palms. It's droll gnarly totems, and thanks to the genius of Don Beach, it's curious elixirs whose true origins and recipes remain disputed till this very day. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, my name is Tony, and this is the first episode of the Pod Tiki Podcast. Today we're going to be going over the drink, the Mai Tai. Now this podcast is meant to be a companion to um, these new articles that I'm writing on the Share Your Buzz website. They're also going to be under the Pod Tiki moniker, but this podcast is going to come along with it. And it gives the um, it gives a listener or somebody interested in cocktails and cocktail culture maybe a little bit of more of an insight or some additional things that I couldn't add into the uh, into the the article for the sake of brevity and whatnot. I already have a tendency to be a bit long winded in my writing, so this particular episode is going going to be about the mai tai, and I'm not going to bore you with any more details. So get yourself a tiki mug. Put on that Hawaiian shirt and let's make a drink. Now, Tiki in Maori legend was the first man, Adam, the progenitor, right? Along with his lady, Morikoriko, who seduced him after he found her in a pond, they had a baby girl who created the clouds and, look, creation myths are convoluted by nature, right? Don't, let's not worry about she found somebody in a pond, had a baby, the cloud, I don't know. Anyway, let's, let's skip ahead a couple of millennia to the 1930s, right? When a man named, well, it's not his real name, but a man styling himself as Mr. Don Beach opened the first ever genre-defining tiki bar. This was called Don the Beachcomber in California. Now, the refractory period between world wars gave rise to an influx of Polynesian pop Hollywood films like Blue Hawaii, you know, all those Elvis films, you know, and uh, it was really popular back then. You know, these these young soldiers returned stateside with stories of far-off tropical paradises, and quite possibly the most telling catalyst for tiki fever, a seething post-prohibition rum habit. Now, Don used his travels through Polynesia and a not-so-minute bit of ingenuity to invent the Tiki Bar as we know it. Tiki swept the nation, and eventually the world. Then, like a lot of hot, fast cultural fads, Tiki simmered and fizzled into an old-timey kind of cliché. Until recently. The modern boom-boom and retroism and classic cocktails has seen an unyielding rise in neo-escapism Dionysian debaucherous class. Those places where kitsch is cool and the sweet molasses is preferred over the wincing burn of Kentucky's finest, there you will find dim lighting, transcendent music, prodigious palms and rattan furniture, and the most recognizable of all tiki bar culture, the tiki mug. And you know what? In that tiki mug, you will most likely find that the most quintessential of all tiki drinks, the tiki, the atom, the Mai Tai. Now, my own foray into rum 
began with a homemade concoction of uh, light rum, pineapple juice, and lime. To be honest with you, I actually used uh, what was it? Captain Morgan's Silver. It was the first time I actually got into rum, right? Now, again, there's a time and a place for everything. I'm not going to be a, a snob in this, but I'm also going to fall somewhere between the the uh, the every. Um, I call myself the everyday man's connoisseur, right? I'm not a snob. Like, if we were talking about wine, like, I'm not a sommelier, but I'm also not drinking barefoot uh, out of the Walmart shelf, you know? Like, uh, somewhere in the middle, we all kind of decide what we like, and we want a little bit of class without, you know, without going to that next level where it becomes a bit, it becomes a bit extra. Let's, you know, let's, let's say that. So, when I discovered the Mai Tai early into my exploration of vacation cocktails, I was instantly hooked. All right, guys, let's adorn those floral button-downs and flip-flops. Put on your drinking cap and stock your rum cabinet because the Mai Tai ain't no tropical frou-frou drink, my friend. You see, it was around 1933 that Don Beach mixed a funky dark Jamaican rum and a light Cuban rum with lime juice, bitters, pernod, grapefruit juice, falernum, and contro, laying ancestral claim to the cocktail's origin. But another totem on the Tiki's proverbial pole says otherwise. You see, Victor Bergeron, better known by his famous moniker, Trader Vic, takes umbrage with this alleged tale of the tie. You see, Vic contends it was a decade later in 1944 at his bar in Oakland where he took down a bottle of 17-year-old Jamaican rum and uh, he was pouring it for some friends. These friends happened to be from Tahiti, right? Now, he was inspired to complement the flavor of the rum by adding some lime juice, a bit of curacao, a dash of rock candy syrup, and the one ingredient that separates a true Mai Tai from some bastardized boat drink, orgeat syrup. We'll get to that later. Now, legend has it that Vic served the, libra the, um, the libation up to his friends visiting from Tahiti, who exclaimed, Mai Tai Roai, which is Tahitian for the best. Um, it's not an exact translation, actually. It means... Um, you know, uh, excellent, or this is the this is the great, or so I don't know. It, it's but the way that Trader Vic um, says it, it means like the the way he translated it is to mean the best or something like that. Now, whichever version you choose to believe, there is no disputing that the Mai Tai we know and love today is derived of the Trader Vic recipe, while borrowing heavily from the Don Beachcombers' penchant for creating a medley of rum flavors in a single cocktail. Now, for our purposes today, we're going to shake together the two progenitorial recipes and stir in some widely accepted evolutionary standards. By that, I mean it's become widely accepted for some cocktails that even though when they don't have exact origins, most of the time it's agreed upon uh, how to make them and what, and what ingredients to use. So, demon rum. Oh, that most scandalous of colonial-era pirate-inducing history-shaping tiki drink-based spirit. We're going to start with a Jamaican rum, since both precursory recipes use it. Now, there are a lot of variations in rums of this region, but most Jamaican rums have a defining characteristic taste profile. I've heard it described as the Jamaican rum funk, and that's really the best way I can describe it. It's the ambient scent and flavor of the air in Jamaica, a rich, earthy sweetness whose vapors coat the roof of the mouth and retrohale like a piquant spice. 
If you've ever tasted a true jerk seasoning or smoked a high-grade Caribbean marijuana, it kind of has that deep bit of soul that can only be described as the funk. Now, most recipes from this era will call for J. Ray and Nephew brand rum. It's the rum I find most frequently in, like, Montego Bay and Ocho Rios, respectively. Stateside, it's pretty easy to find the gold rum variant of Ray and Nephew with some mild searching. Although, for this, our modern and my personal recipe, I prefer Myers. It's a dark, um, the dark, rich molasses palette not only accentuates the Jamaican funk, but helps the overall rum flavor prevail throughout the drink uh, as you mix in your other ingredients. As where Trader Vic's recipe only calls for the Jamaican rum, I'm going to use the beachcomber technique of two rums. Now, Don Beach was innovative in the art of mixing different rums to bring out tertiary flavors. It can prove a bit tough here in the U.S. to acquire the light Cuban rum. Thanks, Trump. Uh, you know, but if you're a traditionalist, which due to its inherent mysteries is in itself futile anytime tiki drinks are in question, honestly, Bacardi Silver is pretty safe bet. You know, again, I'm not a rum snob. If you're gonna, if you're looking for that Caribbean light rum, Bacardi's got it on lock. Now, Havana Club makes a Puerto Rican rum that you can get here in the states. Their light variant is also pretty good. Um, now, I've seen recipes using a Demerara rum, which is if I'm using light rum, this is my preference. Um, the extra sweetness of a Demerara sugar complements the Jamaican funk perfectly. I use El Dorado for this. It's from Guyana. It's a really sweet. Um, like Demerara calls, for, it's it's referring to the type of sugar used rather than a cane sugar from the Caribbean. The uh, a Demerara rum uses Demerara sugar, um, and the stuff from Guyana, especially the El Dorado, their light rum, um, it's just there's a certain kind of sweetness in it that just lends itself um nicely to a drink where you're not adding a bunch of other sweet stuff into it. But alas, for my recipe. I use the widely agreed-upon Barbados rum as my secondary. Barbados is said to be the birthplace of rum, and the Mount Gay Eclipse does a superb job of capturing the tropical fruit and brightness spicy we associate with the Caribbean. Uh, you may have noticed that none of the classic recipes I mentioned earlier call for pineapple juice. Even though it's a prominent flavor, and a lot of knockoff Thai recipes you'll find on Etsy or wherever you go online to look for it recipes use it what you're actually tasting is the mixture the mixture of jamaican and barbados rums the the dark jamaican and the mild um, caribbean rum along with the curacao they bring out a natural essence of fruit notes in the rum that kind of trick your palate into tasting a pineapple flavor so uh yeah you guys can go ahead and use that little tidbit of knowledge to ingratiate yourself at the next hipster cocktail party or Guys, single guys especially, if you're going to try to impress that waitress or that bartender. Um, you know, I wouldn't go ahead and throw too much knowledge in her face because she might look like a douche. Now, dry orange curacao is a crucial ingredient for getting your Mai Tai to taste right. I use Pierre Ferron, but Bowles is decent for a, a decent price. Now, sure, there are lots of orange, there are lots of orange liqueurs that all have their place in Coctalia. 
Triple sec may be great for margaritas, but the aged brandy base of dry curacao adds a bit of class distinction, tastefully separating our libertine libation from a pre-made cruise ship mix. <coughs> Excuse me, just talking about cruise ship pre-made mixes just made me throw in my mouth a little bit. Sorry. <clears throat> please, 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 please use fresh lime juice whenever you're making cocktails. Look, I enjoy joking about cocktail snobbery, but honestly, there's Coors Light in my fridge right now. But in all seriousness, you're doing your taste buds and your overall tiki experience a grave misjustice if you use bottled lime juice. If you're into making drinks at home, and if you're reading this, I'm going to suppose you've gotten drunk alone a few times trying to perfect that new recipe. Just buy a bag of limes and a handheld juicer to keep around. You will not be disappointed. I'm telling you. If there was a shoulder for whom fell the carrying of the Mai Tai, that burdensome task would fall on Orgeat syrup. A French almond syrup commonly found now in coffee shops Orgeat syrup is what takes the flavor profile of the Mai Tai up to that next level of body and fullness. It fills out the drink and gives it that, what is that, sensation. Warning! Warning! For heaven's sake, man, do not use an almond liquor! Believe me, this cocktail is nary in need of any more booze, and you will find that you indeed screw up the flavor with some dark, nutty, sweet amaretto thing. Don't do that! Just use the Orgeat syrup. Remember that time you thought it would be a good idea to put extra peppers in your chili because you like it hot? Then you had to shame eat it in front of your girlfriend pretending it's fine and you don't, you know, you had to go through all that. You don't know what she's talking about. I messed it up because she can't eat it because... (coughs) Anyway, just keep the Orgeat almond to a hint of flavor. Finally, I like to keep with the Vic version and add a little rock candy syrup. Rock candy is an inverted simple syrup. Rather than one part sugar to two parts water, you're going to do two parts sugar to one part water. Now, uh, I'll go over this again when we get to the actual ingredient lists, but you only need a little bit of this. I in Down here in the article, I put down a half or a quarter to a half ounce. Stick to the more of like a quarter to even less. Some recipes don't even call for this because I feel like if you don't put the extra sugar in, you get a little bit more of the rum-forward flavor, um, which I prefer. But a couple of dashes to add a little bit of sweetness, just to offset the lime juice, the, the bitterness of the lime juice just a little bit, I think is uh, adds to it. Okay, so let's make a drink. Traditionally, you want a double rocks glass. But for this occasion, go ahead and use a tiki mug if you got one. I'm actually going to take, take a sip off mine right here. Mm. I've got a nice tall green tiki mug with a face on it all right go ahead and throw that mug in the freezer while you are making the drink get it nice and frosted i mean because why not unless you're um you know unless you're drinking a beer from across the pond uh, or a, or a whiskey on you know where you just want like the something neater on one ice cube in there you know, go ahead and throw your drink in the in the in the freezer like you're making it at home like frost that baby okay you're gonna want a cocktail shaker crushed or semi-crushed ice um, you, you can go ahead and use a Lewis bag and a mallet if you want to get it like real powdery crushed or just drop a bag of ice on the floor a few times. It'll crush it up. I actually prefer to not have my crushed ice super crushed because I feel like it dilutes the drink a little bit better, um, a little bit quicker too. 
I'd rather just have uh, some lightly crushed ice, like we're still chunky, so I can actually taste the the uh, more of the drink. It holds it holds the intact. It holds the integrity of the drink together. I personally think. So go ahead and throw some ice cubes in the shaker. Now you're gonna go ahead and add your one ounce Jamaican rum, one ounce of Barbados rum, three quarter ounce dry curacao, three quarter ounce lime juice, a half ounce of orgeat, a little bit more if you uh, if, if you prefer. You can go to three quarters ounce orgeat. I actually like that. And then a quarter to a half ounce of rock candy syrup. Um, like I talked about before, you don't even have to put that in. That's an extra. A couple dashes will do. Now you shake this. Shake, 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 Sinora. Shake this vigorously until the shaker gets too cold to hold. Didn't even mean to rhyme there until I read that. This will froth up the liquid and give the drink some visual body to match the flavor profile. You know, it's, a, it's got a big flavor body. You want a, some visual body to match that as well. Fill your now frosted glass with the crushed ice and slowly pour the drink in. Garnish with a verdant mint sprig. Slap that baby in your hand to bring out the aroma. Um, and voila! You've made a Mai Tai. Go ahead. No one will fault you for throwing a paper umbrella in that drink. A Mai Tai can whisk you away in one sip. There's a lot of rum in there, so be careful. But let your mind go and forget about the way of the world for a decent 20 to 30 minute cocktail. The scintillating silky swag of the Mai Tai pairs well with some sliced fruit, uh, a mild cigar, the scent of a beautiful wahini, and transcendental sounds of Exotico by Martin Denny. Look, I'm telling you guys, look up Martin Denny. He will, uh, that will put you right in the mood. Okay, so you're not a classic tiki drink snob, right? You want a cocktail that will transport your mind to a tropical South Pacific island, but still appeal to the mass modern flavor profile. I got your ticket. I call it the Kai Tai. Named after my buddy Kyle, because after throwing this version of a Mai Tai together for a pool party a few years back, uh, he refuses to now drink anything else at my house. There's a time and a place for this version, and it still packs a punch, but lacks the rum-forward approach of the, the more classic recipes. So you're going to follow the same basic ritual. It's one ounce of light Demerara rum, three ounces of curacao, three ounces of lime juice, a half ounce orgeat, and two ounces of pineapple juice. This version definitely wants to be shaken with utmost vahim to really froth up that juice, right? You want to froth that baby up? Oh, yeah, froth it up good, baby. Because the kicker for the Kai Tai is you want to gently pour over the head of that drink. You know, so you shake, 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 pour it into your glass with your nas now frozen. You know, pull it out of the freezer. Don't try to pour the drink into the glass in the freezer. I don't think I should have to say that, but just in case you've had a couple of Mai Tais before you got this far, Take the drink out of the freezer. Put your crushed ice in there. Shake shake it up. Pour it in there. You want to get it nice and frothy. That Let that pineapple juice really froth up until it makes a nice head on the top of the drink. And then into that head, you want to pour three-quarters ounce of your dark Jamaican rum as a floater. Don't mix that up. And you might, you're going to taste that dark rum at first. And then you're going to slowly get to the, the pineapple juice that... Um, that I did say is not part of the recipe in classic, but for this particular recipe, um, you're not looking for the rum forward flavor. You're looking for more of a drinkable drink, more of a boat drink. 
the Mai Tai that you might find, uh, you know, sipped next to, alongside a menu with daiquiris and, and mojitos on it and things like that. And there you have it, folks. That is the Mai Tai. Please go to shareyourbuzz.com to look under the tab called Pod Pod Tiki. Look under the Pod Tiki tab. Pod Tiki tab is kind of hard to say. Um, There's lots of my tikis and ties and all lots of words in this one that's a little bit um, tricky. So who knows what we're going to be doing next. I'm not sure when these are all going to come out and when I will space them out. It actually turned out to be a lot more research and work than I thought. It doesn't seem like it is because I have um, I have I condensed it down to what I think is a need to know per episode. Um, but and there's a I happen to know a lot about tiki and my, the mai tai and rum in general. Anyway, I'm really excited to get to some recipes that I don't know a lot about. Tiki drinks are very hard to secure origins for, uh, but we got some drinks coming up. Some that I know about, some I don't know about that uh, have more s- definite origins, and it'll be a little bit easier. But the fact that we don't know, the fact that Trader Vic and Don the Beachcomber's recipes have been lost to time almost, um, Don the Beachcomber especially, especially was super, super secretive about his proprietary recipes. And that kind of leads to the allure of the mysterious tiki bar so until next time folks please drink responsibly please and send me any ideas you might have for future cocktails to tony at shareyourbuzz.com please visit shareyourbuzz.com for our main podcast the share your buzz podcast i do with my friend chris and hopefully you guys will be seeing a lot more of these drinks popping up So this brings us to the end of Pod Tiki Episode 1. Salute.